Welcome listeners to the MJ's Ignorant Podcast. My name is MJ, and I know a fair amount of stuff about several many things, but politics is not one of those things. So I get my friends who know what's going on with politics on the podcast and ask them questions. Today we're talking about local politics, that thing that, like me, you probably know nothing about. You probably could name maybe one state representative, which is how I am, but I really couldn't tell you who works for me in the city, except for that one of them is sitting here in the studio with me. Uh, So today we're talking about local politics, and uh, two guests with me today. I've got my good friend Josh Breskowitz here with me in the studio. Hello. And uh, he is here not as a person educated or working in politics, but he's just that friend who texts you about political news more than he texts his wife. Ouch. Um, and, wow. uh, That's an intro. Wow. <laughs> then also joining me, I'm really excited, is an alder for the city of Madison, Amanda Hall. Hey, everyone. So, Amanda, what does an alder do? An alder is a really, really amazing job. It is at once the most free you will ever be and the least free you will ever be. (laughs) We are our constituents, sort of our customer service reps, I Mm. guess would would be a way to say it. So folks that are dealing with anything at the city level, such as perhaps they aren't getting their trash picked up or there is uh, some safety issue perhaps on their street or in their neighborhood or they would like their neighborhood sign replaced or something to happen with their parks. Um, Really just anything that the city covers or touches, folks will get in touch with us about and then we are their representative and their advocate to get that handled. So while I may not go and shovel their driveway... I mean, I would if they asked, but, you know, it's my job to make sure that the plows are coming through and that each street is getting the attention that it needs. And that's especially been true those last 10 days or so. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've had uh, <laughs> snow after snow about every other day for the past week here in Madison. Now, is uh, our older people also the city council? Do those two things mean the same thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. So do you meet regularly then as a city council and... Like, discuss business for the city? Yeah, we absolutely do. So we meet on the first and third Tuesdays of each month. And those meetings are both broadcast on the city channel and streaming online. And, of course, you're welcome to come down at any time. Um, I would love to, depending on kind of where you're feeling out, you know, the formatting of your show, I would love to go more into accessibility issues with regard to our city council meetings. Absolutely. Um, But first, I should probably mention that we also then sit on any number of 100 and I believe at last count 105 city committees. Okay. Madison is a very legislative oriented city. We have a committee on everything, which is cool. It's great that there's that many people that Mm -hmm. care and will come out and spend their limited free time discussing and trying to create change for things. So, so in the, in the federal legislature, committees are made up just of representatives Mm -hmm. from, from the Congress. Yes. But in the city, I would imagine that each committee is made up of an, people in a number of roles, and people off the city council happen to be one person who could be on one of those committees. That's actually a really accurate way of saying that. So so who else makes up committees for the city of Madison? Usually experts in given topic areas. So for example, one of our most powerful and influential committees is our plan commission. They determine what buildings go where and how those buildings are going to fit into their respective neighborhoods and areas. And we have civil engineers on that committee. We have architects. We have 
uh, people who are professionally planners, urban developers uh, in the city and in the region. So we basically have, to use a, a sort of jargony term, a SME, a subject matter mm-hmm. expert. <laughs> uh, that's who really comprises the committees. And then the alders, there's you know one to three alders on most of the main committees as well. And we are actually appointed to the committees by the mayor, which is a little odd. Usually in any legislative branch, the leaders of that branch, so in Congress, it's the leaders of you know your party, will, will decide which committees you're on. And there's a lot of horse trading that goes on around that. In Madison, the mayor just picks. And there's a lot more horse trading that goes on around that. <laughs> cool. How many... Um... This isn't even on the agenda, listeners. Uh, I have just been sucked down this black hole of yes. city knowledge. That's what we try to do. That, we and, try to know, get you in and, and, and tell you how the, amazing. I mean, that's is. the point of the podcast. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about, so I'm trying to figure it out. There you go. Um, how many council districts does the city of Madison have, and what district is yours? That's a great question. We have twenty. So, like I said, about twelve thousand constituents per alder. And 20 is a high number, especially for a city this size, and that's mm. because we are a part-time council. Mm. Oh. So we are supposed to spend anywhere from 10 to 20 hours a week on our job. And sometimes that is a joke. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. <laughs> sometimes it is easily 40, and sometimes it's you know, 5 or 10, and that's okay, too. Um, so it is part-time. It's a part-time salary. Um, we're not really bought into or the city benefits plan mm. or anything like that. And Madison really shies away from the idea of having too many full-time political leaders. Mm. Um, they want folks that are in the workforce and are around their communities and staying in touch. I also think, unfortunately, the, the, the downside to that is that you don't really get the breadth of representation that you otherwise might mm-hmm. if you could yeah. offer someone a full-time position. You get folks that are retired, folks that are independently wealthy, and those voices matter, of course, certainly. Um, but there are four millennials on our city council right now, and none of us have gotten sleep in weeks. <laughs> you know, we're trying to, yeah. you know, we're, we're, you know, some of us, I don't personally, but um, one of one of the other millennials uh, has a baby on the way and has, mm. has a little one at home. Um, you know, we're, we're getting started in our professional lives. We're starting uh, startups. We're buying houses for the first time and we're serving on the city council. Mm. And so are you also in the workforce, Amanda? Yeah. What do you do? I am a risk manager and contracts administrator over at TASC, which is a third-party benefits administrator. Okay. I'm a lawyer by trade, so it okay. made sense to, to jump in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wow, that's a lot of hats. It's <laughs> It really is. I actually just came from a meeting with some of my neighbors that are putting in a grant application uh, with the city. And we're looking for ideas. They're hoping to beautify one of the parks in their neighborhood and really activate it and make it more usable. So Great. Yeah. So I'm looking at building an underground bat cave because, mm-hmm. of course, I am. Yeah. And which, That is the cool thing about being an alder. You do something a little different every day. Which district is yours again? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Second part of the question. I am District 3. That's the far east side of Madison. Okay. So it starts just east of Highway 51 mm-hmm. between Milwaukee Street and Cottage Grove Road. Okay. And then it extends all the way out towards Cottage Grove and Sun Prairie. And fascinatingly, we just annexed parts of the town of Blooming Grove. Mm-hmm. So my district grew in size by a factor of about 100 geographic size-wise, yeah. but didn't actually add that much more population because <sighs> it's a very rural area. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, that, cool. was, uh, that was a whole 
other interesting things of being alder and be bringing on folks that technically because they weren't part of your township at the time of the election didn't have a chance whether to vote for you or vote against you but now you're their alder yeah. and that's not i feel for those people that's not mm-hmm. fair i like to think i do a good job for them but that doesn't yeah. sit quite right so right. yeah it's an interesting process there was cake <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's, so, that's a great introduction to, uh, you know, the level of the city council. Um, so one of the one of the things I wanted to talk about was kind of the hierarchy of local government. Um, you know, I think most people know, you know, about the Congress. We have federally, you know, two chambers of the Congress, and then there's the executive branch. And I think... I won't get too much into the, you know, the nitty gritty of it, because I think people generally have a sense for how the Congress is broken up. You know, the Senate, two per state, and the House is divided up in districts, just like you were talking about the city of Madison. Um, But uh, for me, and I think probably most people in the public and and voters, that's kind of where the knowledge of how the structure kind of goes off the cliff. (laughs) Um, So what what. You know, if you think of a hierarchy, what levels are there of local government? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the state has a Congress. Yep. We have our state legislature and our state Senate and, of course, our governor and our state Supreme Court. So that really mirrors our federal system. And then down down further at the local level, we have county government. So there's... You have your county board of supervisors, and they do basically what I do, except on the county level. Okay. Um, now, there are responsibilities that are divided up that the city handles XYZ services and the county handles other services. So mm-hmm. the county, for example, is really the outfit that is handling a lot of homelessness issues. Okay. Um, and they are also the ones typically more charged with water quality. Mm. Um, obviously, Madison's lakes are... A jewel of our identity and they're incredibly important mm-hmm. so i really admire the county board for doing everything that they can to keep them as pristine as possible and to just keep them as swimmable as possible we have a lot of events in madison that focus around our lakes a lot of economic activity is driven by that so i really admire the county board for being able to get that done and then we have down at the city level the executive and legislative branch, our executive, of course, is our mayor. He has a number of aides and deputy mayors and staff that report to him. They are all full-time. And our legislative branch, we have our city council, which is comprised of 20 part-time alder men, alder women, alder people. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you can Alders. call me whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and we have four full-time staff people that help out. Okay. So we have a chief of staff, we have two legislative assistants, and a legislative analyst. So, and then anything below that, um, I, I think if I have this right, like school board or that yeah. kind of stuff is electable positions. It definitely is. I don't know if I would say it's above or below. Okay. Sometimes I wish I could do more with schools and sometimes they wish they could do more with, with, uh, various policies. So, yeah. um, but yeah, our school board is, uh, is made up of a number of folks and those are at large positions. So the entire city votes on each school board member. So mm. That can be a tough race to run. As you might imagine, it takes a lot more money to reach out and touch yeah. voters across the entire city versus, you know, a little geographical region like I have. And the, so. the school board would be 
a board of people across multiple districts. So many yeah. different school board school districts would be governed by one school board for the whole city. Exactly. Is that is? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. yeah. See, the, the, this is uh, very interesting to me. This podcast being about things that you know are, we're ignorant about because this all matters a lot to what we do in our daily it lives. It Really does. And I, I feel like it's a big. Um, even Josh, who's uh, too involved in politics some, day, <laughs> some days, um, you know, told me as we were planning the episode that you don't really know too much on the political stuff at the local level. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the other thing that's worth noting in this whole thing too is that it's like down at the at the, at the level that we're talking about. It's it can be very very different depending on the locality that you're in. So, mm-hmm. like the question about um, how schools work, for example, I come from Illinois originally, and Below the county level, there's also the concept for education purposes of a township, and then there's elected officials for that, and they mostly manage school-related affairs, from what I remember growing up. Um, And that's somewhat similar to, like, school boards, but also somewhat different. I'm not exactly sure how the township system works. And I know that, like, originally it's, like, a holdover. Like, that as a concept comes from, like, way, way, way back. The House of Burgesses or something. (laughs) Right, exactly. It comes from, like, really far back in the state's history. Um, So, like... once you get down to a certain level, like, the given locality changes quite mm-hmm. a bit. So you're asking about, like, uh, structure and, like, how is that structure built? You know, for each locality, it's it's a little bit different until yeah. you hit, like, the state level where it largely mirrors the Well, it the sounds like there'd be, there'd be kind of a lot of navigation involved. Like, you were talking about the city and the county handling different things. So if I have any given problem in my life, you know... Now I have to find out which group is part of it. You know, if my plow is not coming down the street, I'm going to the city council. If there's a water quality issue, I'm going to the county. If there's a problem with the school, I'm going to the school board. Some of this stuff is, like, legendarily complex, depending on the locality, too. Like, for mm-hmm. example, in the city of New York, the state of New York actually <coughs> controls the city of New York's subway system. Hmm. Like, interestingly oh, enough. Makes sense. So, th- I mean, so there, there are, like, all kinds of things like that where you're exactly right. Like, who... Who do who, I go to? Who has jurisdiction over thing X, Y, Z? And that's yeah. sometimes a little hard to figure out. And as the customer service rep, as I say, <laughs> as an alder, you know, we're the f- oftentimes the first person someone reaches out to. Mm-hmm. So it's important to to myself and, and I think to my colleagues to make sure that we never come off as, oh, yeah, you got to call this number or, mm-hmm. oh, let me transfer you. Yeah. <laughs> um, everything that, all the contact that I have with my constituents, even if it's nothing I can help them with or something where I ultimately do have to transfer them to someone else, it's thank you for bringing this forward and I totally hear you. I got stuck coming out of the driveway last week. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I totally hear you about the plowing. You know, we're very much, we're all in this together and I totally hear where you're coming from. So it's it's definitely really validating um, mm-hmm. where folks are coming from and what their need is and getting them to the right person. Also adding your voice to their need. So instead of just clicking forward mm-hmm. and, and forwarding it to the right guy or right gal, um, you know, adding your voice and saying, hey, my constituent is, is concerned about this. And that usually gets them a response a little bit faster. So if you don't want to spend 20 minutes trying to figure out, I have this problem, where do I go? Who do I talk to? What's mm-hmm. the jurisdiction on this? You can just call your alder <laughs> text yeah. us you guys are experts uh, on the we, structure yeah yeah or or we know at least who yeah who to get you to or we'll ask one of we'll ask each other we're a really collegial bunch we're very much we're all in it together it's nice to know that there's like an ownership safety valve on your like on any given issues like 
who can I call that will just own this for me and get it get it brought to the attention of the right person? Like, good, I'm glad there's a role that basically thinks of itself as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we absolutely do. Like, wh- whether or not that's written, like, what the role is by statute or not, it's just nice to know that that's how we interpret it, and we just own whatever comes in front of us. How often are all of these different things up for election? Oh, that's a really great question. Yeah, so at all these levels we've been talking about, I... I have no idea. I couldn't, like I said, I, you know, now I know the name of one person in city government because I was introduced to you for this podcast, but there's all of these people who represent me and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know who they are or when I should vote for them. Sure. Um, well, you should vote for them every time you get a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so our city council is up every two years in odd numbered years. So I stood for election last year. Okay. And I stood on a post. And the first time I ran, I also stood on a post. So what does that people, mean? It means that nobody else even filed to run. Ah. So yeah. boring. Yeah. Let's say, were you, was that more like, was that, I was, you just kind of answered it. I get that it was more boring for you than it was like anything else. It just doesn't feel quite right. Yeah. It feels like mm-hmm. I should have to earn this and win this. Yeah. And my second and time talk out. talk about which ideas are best with somebody who might have different ideas. Absolutely. And I just think it's it's fair to my constituents that they have a choice. Mm-hmm. Did the previous alder for District 20 retire? And um, that's how the seat opened? For District 3, yeah. Yeah, she oh, retired. I don't know why I thought it was 23. Okay. <laughs> yep, District 3. So she retired and she had been the alder for 10 years. And she had had opposition, I think, mm, once or twice in five elections. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe three times. So it's, it can be a little bit of a of a whoever stepped up to the plate more so than a the best person was elected or like there was there was a challenge to getting the the right people or the people who were in their seats exactly to be there. I think part of it is that I don't know if anyone wants this job <laughs> it's I think it's a great job I mm-hmm. I cherish it I love that I get to do what I get to do I love that I get to say hmm there's something amiss in my city I'm going to see if I can figure out something about, to do about it. Mm-hmm. And I think other people just, I don't know, they value their sleep more or something. <laughs> I will well, say. I think in, it's probably that there's a lot of people who don't know that there's a city government post up for, that you could run for. That's true. I mean, I, I try to always, I mean, without, you know, attracting <laughs> opposition, I try to mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, there's there's a choice and, and everybody, you know, you know, get out there and you have to turn in. 20 signatures of nomination to run mm. for alder so it's mm. not a huge it's not like a super high threshold and you know I, I folks should definitely should come out and be involved and be involved might not always mean you know run a hard campaign against the incumbent it might and that's cool too but it might just mean you know put in to be on a committee I mean most of the committees as we said before are comprised of citizens so um, there's something that you are an expert at, uh, especially after all these podcasts where you are now becoming an expert at so many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, why not? You know, why not get involved? So, so alders are, are up every two years. The mayor is up every four years, also in odd numbered years. So, this next year in 2019, all 20 alders and the mayor will be running okay. at the same time. It's a little chaotic, but that's okay. <laughs> Who is the mayor of Madison? Paul R. Soglin. Soglin. The once and future mayor. <laughs> yes, the, the often repeated mayor of Madison. Yeah. Okay. How long has he been? Oh, on and off since what the the nineteen eighties sometime. Oh, before that. Oh, before see. that even. Okay. Yes, early seventies. So there's not a term limit. No. Oh, okay. 
There's another thing we can do. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. I remember local government day in middle school and coming to the city county building on a field trip and meeting Mayor Soglin. Huh. And then I was in a meeting with him last week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have an interesting question. I think it bears on um, bears on some of our previous episodes as far as um, some of the other things we've talked about. But uh, uh, is Alder a partisan position? As in, do you do you run as a representative of a given political party, or you, is it just kind of your name, nothing in parentheses on the end of it? That's a really great question, um, and that's something that I get when I am campaigning. Like, Folks say, "Well, are you a, are you a Democrat or a Republican?" And I say, "Well, I'm progressive, but this is not a partisan seat." Yeah. So, a lot of county level positions are partisan, hmm. like assistant district attorney, sheriff, sure. clerk of courts. Apparently, partisan because you know. Fascinating. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that said, Madison is a very liberal, very progressive city. Right. Um, so candidates that are both running for the same seat are in the main actually probably both democrats yeah both would identify as democrat or liberal so as a result um the 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 ticket to go for then is to get the official endorsement of the county's democratic party okay cool so i have had that both times that i have run there's also a group known as progressive dane which is even further left um, yeah. and so either or both of those, uh, can be a, a valuable thing to get. I also think the way you really reach people is by talking with them. Yeah. And I can't think of anybody when I was campaigning who said, I'm going to vote for you because you're a Democrat. I can't think of anybody mm-hmm. who said, who answered the door and said, Oh, you're running. Are you a Democrat? Okay. I'm good. I'll vote for you. Like even Democrats wouldn't say that. Because they want to mm-hmm. talk about, hey, that park down the street, my kids used to play there, but now I see drug deals going on there. And that's mm. not really, mm-hmm. we could, it could be a partisan issue how to address that or what should happen with that. Yeah. But they mostly want to be heard and feel like someone is on it. And did you and, ever get the opposite? Um, somebody said, well, I vote Republican, so sorry. Anything like that? I got some folks who said, well... I'm a Republican, mm-hmm. and if you're, I always vote, and if you're the only person on the ballot, I'll probably vote for you, but can you just remember that you have Republicans in your district? Because, mm. you know, not that's, everybody is liberal. That's nice to hear, actually. It's, it is. It's nice to hear. It's also, I struggle with how to do that in practice. Sure. Um, if I say, all right, my district is 75% Democrat and 25% Republican, or would self-identify as such, uh, I can't... Do I vote when twenty five percent of my votes go Republican? I mean, how do you actually mm-hmm. then bring that bring that to the forefront? So I think the best thing you can do is just be as analytical as possible and as thoughtful as possible, and give uh, give space inside your own head for for a lot of different voices. And so you mentioned voting. Uh, the city council is voting on and changing and writing laws for the city. Yes. <laughs> Right. Which sounds so cool. It does. <laughs> it actually does. It is. It is amazing. And you know what's what's so interesting is I think people think that only the city council can come up with an idea for a law, mm-hmm. and that's not entirely true. I invite folks when I when I speak with them and they say, "Well, I would like to see this or that in the lighting ordinances or the signed ordinances or whatever the case may be." I say, "I think you should write something." And they say, how do I do that? And I said, you start with whereas. 
and then you just take off. You see what happens. Huh. <laughs> and so um, if I if I wrote that, if I said whereas and then filled in the blank with whatever I cared about in the city, mm-hmm. would I submit that to be voted on by the council to either become law or not? Close. Okay. This is, you know, government. So there's a few more hoops. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course. <Right. laughs> yes, very good. <laughs> so you'd, you'd want to hand that over to your alder, who would give it to our legislative analyst, okay. who would say, okay, do we already have a law kind of like this? Would this mean changing it, updating mm-hmm. it? Does the state already have a law that preempts this? Preempts is if the state already has a law on it that would go against this law, mm-hmm. then we can't do it. Don't get me started on the state preempting me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that has been oh, insane these last few years. So this, you said if the state has a law, mm-hmm. the city can't. The city can't do something in opposition, right? Unless it's the sanctuary cities thing, in which case we will do whatever we want because right. that's what we're going to do. This, this gets is okay. This, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to. I don't think yeah. I'm going to pull this thread. Yeah, very, very good. <laughs> I feel yeah, like that's I mean, uh, too broad and complex of a topic. It's it's like. It's huge, right? It's like one of like the big things in the country right now, especially with many state houses and well, most state houses and most governorships controlled by a single party, and most municipalities realistically are controlled by the opposing party. Hmm. Um, just that that's broadly true across the whole country, and tends to be the bigger the city, the 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 more kind of left leaning that it is, um, and many of those municipalities are in. Republican-controlled states, as far as their state legislature and their their governor's mansion is, so is they concerned. they might run into trying to to write and pass laws about things they care about, and that going against what's already on the state books, right? Or the state, or or it goes the other way around. There's laws in place in municipalities that state officials are like don't particularly care for, or potentially ran against things like that, and then they know. go and step in and change it, right? Let me well, give that's you a federalism. Less... <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you a less inflammatory example. So uh, for our, si- our full-time city employees, we extended domestic partner benefits uh, to the benefits package that we extend to our employees. And recently, the state, in their last iteration of their budget, decided to do away with domestic partner benefits at the state level. Okay, fair enough. So what the city could do is say, well, the state doesn't provide for this. But we are still going to, because the state didn't specifically prohibit it. It just said, for state employees, we're not going to do this. And the, the city employees could say, well, for, for cities, we're, we're going to do this. Then the state took it a step further and said, specifically barred any municipality from providing domestic partner benefits. Why? Who cares? Yeah, I was going to say that example is somewhat inflammatory. I, I think, and, and, and that question, why, is a, is a question for the Supreme Court of the state of Wisconsin, I'm sure. I think... Um, is that what would happen if, if that became a thing? It can't become a thing. Because okay. simply the state has, has made this law. That is the way it is. We cannot... So the, the answer is, in two years, go to the polls. Yes. The answer okay. is, in two years, go to the polls. And I think there's... What's frustrating for, um, you know, to, to have standing to speak on this, I guess, as an alder is, is you know, hey, man, I, you know, I, I live, for lack of a better term, on MLK Boulevard in CCB. A couple blocks up the road is our beautiful state capitol building. I will do my job. Y'all do yours. <laughs> you know, the idea that you're going to tell me you cannot require that plastic bags be recycled. You cannot offer uh, benefits to domestic partners. You cannot offer a sanctuary city status. These things that you know, this is this is local. Mm-hmm. Let us make let us make the call. 
Mm. Um, you know, wh who are we going to hurt by recycling plastic bags? <laughs> or using our city funds to provide benefits to whomever we choose. Absolutely. If, if any of our constituents thought that that was, you know, somehow... Uh, a wasteful use of resources, then they, of course, can speak up about that. Um, mm -hmm. They can join a committee. They can run for alder. What, you know, they have a very direct way of, of handling that uh, and, and being heard on that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky mm. thing with the preemption. So, so go yeah. back to your idea about what happens if you just want a law to be there. So our legislative analyst takes a peek. Are we preempted on this? Are we, can we do this? Would this work? Uh, what would this cost? Then it gets introduced at a council meeting, and then it gets referred out to committees. So any committee that would touch some of that topic area, those committees will then make a recommendation, yay or nay, on it. It'll come back to the council. Usually the council just goes with what the committees have said, unless they're, it goes out to five committees and it's a three to two margin or something, and we really have to debate it. Otherwise, we really heavily rely on our committees because we are part-timers, and there mm -hmm. are a hundred or more things on our agenda any given two-week period. So if the committees all said this was good, okay, <laughs> sounds good to us. Just to be clear, this is a legislative body that has experts in given topics as effectively official members of itself that make recommendations on an official basis on the basis of their expertise. Do I have that right? What did you just say? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I, he's, uh, you know, I let him into my home and let him be on my podcast yeah, yeah. and he decides to, you know, express opinions there, in there, subterfuge. There, 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 there are, there is a legislative body here that uses experts to make, to make, a, help make official decisions. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> I think what Josh is saying is he would like to see that sort of Most expert involvement at the federal in level. In other levels of government. In, in yeah. Potentially <laughs> other levels of government. Yes. Sorry for the, uh, are... the impossibly worded first No, that's first totally fine. That yeah, that's I wasn't right. sure. I was like, what am I walking into? What did I just agree yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I knew what you were going for. <laughs> no, I totally get it. You know, we are, yeah, I don't know that it would always work for every community. Yeah. Madison has a lot of smarty pants people. Yeah. Like, we, we know this. So... We have people that are going to spend hours of their time trying to make sure that all city purchases are from sweat-free labor, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So, um, you know, we have that resource. We're very, very lucky. I think, you know, other town councils and other city councils across the country, you know, really have to pick at every single decision and every single committee choice that's made. Um, and, and you know, I, I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't. Um, I'm saying there's a capacity issue. There's always going to be a capacity issue when you have all of your elders have full-time jobs. Um, there's going to be, hey, the plan, the, the civil engineer said this was going to work. Okay, it's going to work. Let's just do this. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine the situation where somebody from the community has a, an opinion that they think overrides the civil engineer. Oh, I, I, every I, yes, single yeah, week. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I'm a, I like, it's an episode of Parks and Recreation, like, oh happening, my gosh. In my, happening in my head as you're talking All about this. All of the time. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh, my gosh. You know, actually, there's a, there's a game of bingo. It's an unofficial game of bingo that <laughs> Alders play, and I don't oh know if I should really tell you about this. Oh, my God. Probably not, but <laughs> please. <laughs> please do. Oh, my God. You know, when, when we're when you're debating any kind of neighborhood level activity, so that is putting in a road, not putting in a road, putting in sidewalks, mandating that we put in sidewalks, charging the residents for sidewalks, cutting down trees, putting up trees, anything that's very right in people's yards, right in their neighborhood. Um, folks like to tell you how long they've lived in Madison. <laughs> As you know, if you live in Madison over 25 years, 
you automatically become an arborist and can tell us all about what the best use for trees is. Um, like to tell you if they're, you know, if they're the original owner of their home, oh my goodness, get out of their way because they're going to tell you what needs to happen on their street. Mm. And, and, you know, like I said, so we, we have this, we have this bingo. I've lived in Madison for this long. Um, also, if they start off their remarks with, I'm a taxpayer. Oh Lord. <laughs> Jewish. Or as a ta- as a taxpayer, <laughs> as a taxpayer, this is what I want. It's like, oh lord. Um, so so yeah, you know, you do see folks that are um, that think they know better, and that's that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Uh, because would would any of us think that I don't know more than a, a city city engineer who came out here for an hour and made some measurements? I don't know more than him about my own street. Like, yeah, you're going to feel like you do. And there's mm-hmm. going to be some truth to that. So, so that works. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally you might actually. So yeah. that's why it's important that to do what you do, where you hear everyone's opinion and, and hear what they say. And even if in the end it comes, it, it ends up being a little bit funny in certain circumstances, but, but that's oh, yeah. what you're there for. Absolutely. We're, we're, th- we're there to hear, we're, we're there to hear folks out and we're there to, I think there's a very real value in folks knowing that they're heard. Mm-hmm. So they know they're not just sending an email and it goes off into the ether, but they're coming to a public meeting and they're speaking up. That's another very Madison thing. <laughs> very, uh, very community oriented, very voice of the community oriented. Do we have time a little bit to talk about, since we're kind of talking about community meetings, to talk about access to Please do. Okay. So this is something that... Um, Mo Cheeks, who I believe is the alder for this district. Yes. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. Um, he's vice president of a software company and has a baby and he just, um, he teases me about how much I sleep. <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> and so uh, he and I have been kind of kicking around some ideas to increase access to our city meetings because, mm-hmm. as you know, for the most part, um, they happen downtown in city county buildings. So mm-hmm. if you're coming downtown. Um, you get to deal with downtown traffic, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's a pain, but it's not necessarily a limitation for many people. But for some people, um, it may be for maybe, you know, if your your 17 year old wants to go and testify to public hearing about something and you're like, you're not driving into downtown Madison. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, for some of our senior citizens, that might not be very advantageous, especially for our non-Madison listeners. Uh, downtown Madison is a map that you pretty much have to memorize to be able to navigate it. There's no sense to it whatsoever there's a lot of one-way streets yes and for some reason several loops around the capital the one-way streets all go the exact same direction yes so if you get on one of those just, uh... there's but if you get onto one of the corner ones they all go in the opposite direction yeah there are actually some people who have gotten onto one of those streets who are still going they're still on around. that street yeah, yeah. trying to get to a city council yeah. meeting. i mean that's Probably. the same that's the same car that i see every time i, <laughs> I get there that guy's just been there that's yeah. actually mayor soglin <laughs> It's his office. <laughs> so, um, oh, and here's the other fun thing. It's downtown, you know, of a medium or large size city. You're going to pay for parking. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was going to say the parking situations is the thing that does it for me downtown. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think you can get, if you can get into a lot, it's like two fifty an hour, but that's not nothing. That's um, every other Tuesday at what time? 6.30 p.m. So that's cool if you work first shift. Like, yeah, you can probably mm-hmm. get Close something to, to eat and come down. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, if you have, maybe if you're a single parent, now you have to figure out childcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to, like I said, you have to come downtown, you have to park and all and do all that stuff. Um, some people don't drive at night or don't like to drive at night. Again, our senior citizens, for example, uh, you know, starts at six 30. There's only so many months out of the year in which you'll be arriving in the daylight and you'll very rarely be leaving in the daylight. Um, so, you know, so that's kind of a barrier. That's, that's not as good. 
Childcare is, I think, a, a huge factor uh, for us. Even two-parent households, you know, one maybe one parent stays home with the child while the other parent goes out and, and goes down to testify. Um, we do have kids occasionally come with, um, but I wouldn't say it's the most friendly environment. It's not like we have a kid's corner mm -hmm. and there's toys or something. Um, so what I think is we're seeing the same demographics of folks that can make it out to speak with us. And that doesn't work for me because then I'm only hearing from the same demographics of folks. Mm -hmm. now, anyone can write an email. This is a digital world. You know, in 20 years, we won't have to go anywhere to do anything. But right now, the world is still, I think, in a lot of ways impacted by people who show up and can get their voice out to all 20 alders that are in the room right then. So uh, Mo and I have been kicking around ideas for, you know, does the city provide childcare, you know, for the first two or three hours of a meeting. I don't think there's going to be too many babies at the meeting past 930. So, you know, call it the first two or three hours of the meeting. There's childcare that the city provides and is bonded for and insured for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and what are some of the roles with that? Can we have folks tweet in their questions or, or something like that or tweet in questions of staff? You know, why not? have folks not have to come all the way downtown to begin with. This is the mm -hmm. 21st century. We're mm -hmm. still making people come all the way there. The presence matters. It really does. But there are going to be barriers to folks participating if we require folks to drive downtown, um, you know, assume that they are a two-parent household, a first shift worker, and they have the disposable income to, you know, to pay for parking. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's an access issue, and, and we definitely want to be doing better on that. That's awesome. Is, um, this, this, I guess, takes the form of a suggestion, but do you guys, is there something about that particular location where you guys have, like, the apparatus and resources necessary to hold your meetings, or could you, like, rotate it around, this, rotate the location where you guys are at around the city of Madison, maybe periodically, like, like, do a meeting in, like, once in each district for each time you meet, something like that. Could you rotate your location around? That's a really great question. Some committees that don't require too much technology actually do rotate around. Oh, cool. Um, so we broadcast on the city channel, and we need so much power yeah, and bandwidth so for that. So there, we, yeah, yeah we kind of... Uh, one time we did have a budget meeting in the Monona Terrace Convention Center because oh, okay. the county board was doing their budget in our room. Huh. And I guess, I don't know, did we flip for it? Did we arm wrestles for it? I feel like, come on, that's our room too. Um, <laughs> Just for efficiency's sake, this, the county board and the city council meet in the exact same room, which is kind of cool. Um, but I was not told to arm wrestle for who got the room that night. So we got to go down to the Monona Terrace Convention Center, mm. which is a beautiful Frank Lloyd Wright. Um, mm -hmm. uh, for those of you non-Minnesotians, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, a genius architect and, uh, who had designed this convention center, which we built about mm, 20 years ago now. Yeah. And um, it's a heck of a place to have a meeting. So mm -hmm. we, we were able to get the technology in there. But yeah, going to, say, the Warner Park Community Center or the Goodman Community Center. Yeah just wouldn't be as feasible, unfortunately. Mm. Right. We could have a meeting down here with all this technology. I mean, yeah. yeah. Let's just do that. Yeah. Enough stuff. Uh, so. City Council over Google Hangout. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. <laughs> that would be fine. Do you yeah. watch Madam Secretary? It seems like half of her diplomacy is on Skype. Uh, I haven't seen, seen it. Oh, dude, it's a great <laughs> show. Yeah, All right, uh, I do want to respect your time, so I've just got a couple okay. of other questions. And then uh, I think, so 
some of the questions had to do with getting people connected to the right resources mm -hmm. to know their local uh, elected representatives and how to vote and when to vote. Mm -hmm. I think what I'll do is hit you up for some of those links and put them in the show notes. Okay. Uh, for okay. time's sake. That sounds um, good. But one thing Can I was I curious. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can I say one thing about voting? Because Please we do. do have some amazing resources in Madison. Uh, all of our public libraries are equipped for yes. early voting. I live extremely close to a library and early voted in the general presidential election the last time, and it was amazing. It is so I amazing. I walked to my polling place. My right. wife is a library assistant in two of the local libraries, and she can help you in either one of them It's in I, the area. It, it, it is amazing. Yes. And our, oh man, your wife is, is one of those staff members, but our librarians stepped up in a major way. Absolutely. Uh, when, when we had this idea, we thought, hey, well, this would be really cool if we could do it. And... Uh, put that idea out to the librarians and they well, were like, I yeah, say, teach personally, us it all mattered this stuff. to me yeah. to be able to early vote like that. that For was sure. And I think one of the most important things about voting is getting your I voted sticker. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be realistic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I can guarantee you folks, when you early vote in Madison, you still get your sticker. So there Great. you go. <laughs> well, the libraries Key. have posted when an election is upcoming, would mm -hmm. they have that sort of thing so that you would know, oh, somebody... Yeah, I should go do that thing. Up, I should go do that thing. Yes. <laughs> yes, they they absolutely do, which is great. Um, they'll say they have big signs that say voting location, vote here, mm -hmm. stars and stripes and some bunting. Yeah, they're, mm -hmm. they're good about it. <laughs> Gotta have the bunting. Yeah, that's very key. Well, I was wondering for you, Amanda, what do you think has changed in your perspectives on things working in government? Like what what is something that has surprised you or that your perspective has changed or just that has, has been changed personally to you by working in government, by being an alder? That is such a fascinating question. I will say it feels like my experience as an alder is divided into two time frames. And I've only been doing this for about two and a half years. So the fact that we already have two epochs is maybe a little bit strange, <laughs> but there is before the 2016 presidential election and after. Oh, delightful. And <laughs> Josh is going to like this. <laughs> it has been really fascinating to see the general tenor of how folks interact with their government mm -hmm. in the lead up to and, and post 2016 election. Mm. Uh, the stuff I have been called. <laughs> um, but moreover, really? I mean, you know, you can kind of... Just, uh, you can kind of filter that, like, Yeah, yourself. but I mean, you're saying people have felt able to voice more negativity to the government after the election. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I think, you know, if that's, if you were holding that in this whole time and you just want to give it voice, well, hey, you know, God bless. <laughs> but, <laughs> but unfortunately, it comes along with uh, such a, a complete mistrust of the government. There is no benefit of the doubt. There is no, you know, if someone emails me on a Monday and I am, you know, recording podcasts <laughs> or, or doing something else and I don't get back to them before Wednesday and they send a fiery follow-up email like, you don't care and you're just collecting your paycheck and da-da-da-da. It's like, mm. slow your roll. I do not make much money doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, and I have a full-time job and I coach forensics at, at La Follette High School and I am a competitive strongman athlete and I'm not willing to trade in all those little parts of me just to be an alder because I think that would make me a really crappy alder for one thing. But there is, uh, there's no trust. There is even folks mm. that probably would identify as maybe being a little bit left of center. Um, there, there's no benefit of the doubt. There's no trust. There is, I am out to take their tax money and screw them and to never listen or help them in any way. That sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, you know, because if you think about it, your constituents are your boss. And if your boss is ragging on you constantly and your boss doesn't trust you and doesn't like you and doesn't think you're very good at your job, 
that that will get to you. And it, it's, it gets in your head a little bit, you know, it's like, oh, wait a minute, you know, you start to almost doubt yourself a little bit and then you have to, you know, kind of back off and say, wait, you know, this is not directed just at me. This is their whole perspective on where the government is at right now, where mm-hmm. government as an institution is at, what it's for, if it helps them. Um, it's very, very cool to hate the government right now. And they're, they're kind of, that's more what they're going off of and that's okay. Um, you know, when people are, threatening you, it's hard to say, all right, forget it. I don't know if you saw a few months ago, we got a, a rather strongly worded email that actually some of the elders asked our police department to look into because it was so threatening and weird. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was bad. Mm. It was bad. I, you know, this is a family broadcast, so I can't say yeah. <laughs> um, what all, uh, what all was in it, but it was, it was bad. But also, you know, what's cool about being an alder, something that I've learned is that you don't, know as much as you think you do and that's a good thing someone comes into this job and they know everything and they have all the answers then they're not open to learning anything different or thinking about anything any differently so i came in definitely knowing i don't know everything about everything i want to know everything about everything (laughs) (laughs) and and this is going to be a journey and i have learned so much and there has been uh moments where i thought i don't know what is going on <laughs> someone is speaking zoning to me and I don't know what they're talking about and then I get an email from someone who has lost all her prized begonias to rabbits in her yard and she would like my help dealing with her rabbits and I'm like I can do that I can <laughs> I can recommend some products <laughs> you know so it's just it's really cool the uh the, you know it's just you know you're up you're down it's 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 something new every day and I think one of the my biggest takeaways is that you know no matter how personal it is, if someone is telling you about their gun collection and they live two streets away from you, it's not really personal. It's not just about you. Mm-hmm. Um, just lock your door and <laughs> keep your perspective, right? Um, but also that you don't have to know everything. And that's something that I hope your listeners also take away from that, you know, an older person is not this like untouchable, know everything figure. Like I'm lucky if my socks match on a day-to-day basis. In fact, right now I don't, I don't think they do. And, you know, I don't have everything and all the answers and I, I don't have it all together, but I do have a will to learn and to grow and, and to, you know, work as hard as I can to make the city better. And I think there's a lot of people that are actually pre-qualified um, that, that would say that they have the same thing. So they're probably pretty qualified to do what I do. Awesome. Last question okay. can be a quick answer. Okay. Um, why do you think people are so on alert and not tuned into local government and they just think about the national game all the time? I will say I am a much less fascinating person than the president (laughs) and most of the people that work for him. Uh, I'm not tweeting awful attention getting crazy things at other people i'm not trying to start wars or finish wars or yeah. i what, don't know war, war is in your jurisdiction yeah. even no matter who's the president war wouldn't be your jurisdiction yeah. you know i did get an interesting question from someone about how we should go back on the gold standard at, one, at once i was like <laughs> sorry oh boy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious <laughs> It was, you know, it was a fascinating discussion. And aside from the, the current administration, just in general, you know, why do you think people aren't 
tuned into their local politics. There's, I think there's a romanticism to federal politics. Mm. Obviously, you know, the, the president right now is a very bombastic figure. But before that, we definitely had a president who's also, you know, very much a star. Mm-hmm. We, we, we get to know who our president is. We sort of get to know a little bit who our congressman is. But that person has... Their walkout music when they walk on stage. They have there's balloons, there's pictures. They have this this panache and this this. There's a lot of media pageant pageantry. Yeah, around pageantry around it, and I don't have that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's and that's okay. Um, I think that that actually makes me probably a little bit more accessible to folks. That you know, hey, this you know, I, I could just talk to this person as a person, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, it's not it's not on their it's not on their news. It's, it's not on, you know, your news feed on Facebook. It's not on the 6 o'clock news too often um, here and there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have news interviews. Um, but, yeah, so there's not – we don't get talked about. <laughs> and if your question is why don't we get talked about, I think it's because trash pickup matters to the people on my street. It does not matter to the people the next street over, and it certainly doesn't matter to the people the next town over. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just – there's a lack of universality to the issues that, that we deal with. Um, so that could be one of the things. I think also zoning is just not sexy. Well, it is to me because I am quite a nerd and uh, my significant other is actually uh, an urban and regional planner. So I think it's just fascinating. <laughs> but for most people, not so much. You know, everybody's going to have an opinion on mm-hmm. gun rights. Mm-hmm. People not going to know what you're talking about when you say, I think we should zone this as residential C3. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we're going to put up some links to um, how you can find your local representatives and your election schedule and all that stuff. Uh, Otherwise, Josh, as always, thank you for being here with me. And uh, Madison Alder, Amanda Hall, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Uh, Anytime. Uh, We should do part two sometime. (laughs) Absolutely. All right.